Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can enhance your English communication. My name is Pat. I'm from Toronto. And, uh, well, today I want to talk about how you communicate over emails. I know normally I'm talking about your speech, I'm talking about how you can you know, speak a little easier, but today, well, I've got some great materials on uh, how you can enhance your ability to communicate emails, and so I am more than happy to share my tips with you, because, well, it's tough. There are words, for example, that we mostly see when we're writing emails. Uh, for example, the word recipient. Recipient. We only really say recipient these days when we're talking about writing emails. Really, it's anybody who's receiving a message. It could be a letter. It could be whatever. But we use recipient to talk about emails, right? What we're going to be doing is considering the type of vocabulary to write emails effectively and to uh, make sure that you know what you're doing there. Now, before I get into that, I would like to tell a little story, a little story that I've got for you. So you see, a few years ago, I was having some trouble with a landlord of mine. She had uh, decided to do some surprise renovations on our unit, and, uh, well, this was uh, inconvenienced us quite a bit because... We didn't have a lot of space, and so all of the mess from these renovations took quite a bit to clean up. So, we discussed this over emails. This was a mistake to do this over emails, and I'll tell you why. There was no human experience, no human interaction. It was just me being angry emailing her, her being angry, emailing me back. Because, you know, I was spending my entire days writing an email to this lady, trying to, you know, make my point known, trying just make all the fine points very clear, editing and making sure that I've lined out the issues and communicated myself effectively. Of course, in an argument over an email that's difficult to do because you're really angry. And so you want to say some angry things. And so in an email argument, it feels as though you're saying sensible things. But what you're saying may just add a little more fuel to the fire. Because you got to understand, they're understanding that no matter what you say, you're angry. So they are going to be defensive. So after I'd send that, I would just sit back and envision my recipient the person receiving my email, the recipient, reading it, and finally realizing how they were wrong and how if they had only listened in the first place, all of these issues could have been avoided. Now, of course, this rarely happens to anybody. It rarely is so easy that you send one angry email and somebody backs off because guess what? Now they're angry, and now they're going to send you an email right back. And then you're going to send an email right back to them, and they'll send it back. This cycle can repeat for quite some time, months, years even, if you aren't careful. And so I have a suggestion for all of you email warriors out there. Don't argue over emails in any language. 
if that problem isn't worth just picking up your phone and, you know, calling someone and using your words and your voice to sort out, then it probably is not worth stressing over in an email. So my first big tip for today, don't argue over emails or text messages for that matter. Don't argue over text messages either. Call your recipient. Call the one you want to give a message to if it's that important. Listen to one another. Sort it out. Put it behind you. You'll save everyone a ton of stress. Maybe some people listening right now are going through this exact same thing. Maybe you just, maybe you're even writing an angry email while this is playing in the background and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, be quiet. You know what? Do your thing if you want. But the consequences are you're going to get an email back from them and then you're going to write another one back. And it's just not worth, come on, it's not worth the stress. However, there are emails that you do want to write. These emails likely revolve around work or maybe planning events with friends and family. So let's sort out what steps you can take to communicate yourself professionally and effectively. Now first let's consider the subject. Any email worth reading has a title and that or a subject and that informs the reader of exactly what the email is about. You don't have to include this little subject or, you know, you don't have to put it on right away. But my suggestion is that you first write it down, kind of a rough draft. You know, you write, okay, what am I writing about? And then suppose that you're writing about organizing a PowerPoint for an upcoming meeting. Well, just write quickly PowerPoint for upcoming meeting or PowerPoint for meeting. Easy as that. Now that's just a rough draft. Once you finish writing and editing the entire email, then consider your title again and consider whether or not it fits the content of the email. If it does, then keep it. If not, consider what changes you might make to better describe your email, you know, how can it better fit the context? How can it better set the tone you want? Whatever the tone may be, you want to make sure it's something that fits it. Now, next up, we need to open this email. What word should you use? Dear, greetings, salutations. Well, let's take a look. I notice a lot of non-native English speakers opening all of their emails saying dear. This sometimes looks kind of awkward to Americans. Sometimes it looks a little too formal. You see, dear sets a formal tone for the email. We would typically use this to address someone in a position of status, someone of importance, or someone you're trying to set a totally formal tone with. Maybe like a future employer. You know, you got, you're emailing about a job interview or a professor. Okay, definitely good with a professor. However, dear, it looks a little awkward if you're sending an email to a coworker or if you're sending an informal email. It sets a very formal tone. Dear Jason, I would like to discuss with you the issues of the photocopier. It doesn't really fit the context. You see what I mean? 
Now, maybe, okay, I gave it a fancy voice, but that's what Americans are hearing when you start it with dear. Super formal. If you're writing a letter, you know, with your hands, like our ancestors used to do, saying dear is preferred. The average email, however, is much less formal. Like when you're writing a letter, it's going to be formal. It's going to be for an important reason. It's much more personal, something written by hand over an email. And so writing a letter, you could definitely, you want to use dear. Writing an email, only in the most formal of circumstances. So before you get the job, you want to say dear. Once you get the job and you're emailing your coworkers, here's what you want to say. A simple greeting is just, hello, 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 whatever. It's easy. Everybody knows that word, right? Hello. This is honestly just fine for both formal and informal communication. A simple hello is all it takes when you're just sending some kind of regular mundane message. Just hello. That's it. This can be used for groups too. Hello, everyone. Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. You know, if you want to be gender specific. All of these are great uses of hello and appropriate for a variety of contexts. One that I like personally, and I'll use this myself usually if I'm sending an email to students or, or any coworkers. I see it as a friendly opening just to say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. If you can be sure that the recipient will likely open their email at a certain time of day, then tell them to have a good day. I feel it adds a much more personal tone to wish somebody a good day. You could even just say good day, whatever you like. I think it makes it look, you know, friendly, in my opinion. And of course, when you set a friendly opening right from the start, then people aren't going to start reading your email in an angry way, you know. You don't say good morning to somebody that you're angry at. So right away, they know, okay, this is an easy one. Now, one more that is a little bit more general and a little bit less formal is to say greetings. Personally, I don't really use greetings all that much. I think it kind of sounds like a robot, in my opinion. But a lot of native English speakers open their emails with greetings. It's kind of a non-personal opening. You know, it's it's nothing uh, nothing too special. I would use it if I'm unsure of the name of the recipient or if I'm trying to send a quick email to a group of people and I don't want to think too much. I'll just write greetings. It's not my favorite, but it is much better than using dear all the time. So let's just review these now. Dear, very formal. You know, use it when it's necessary, but not all the time. It's very formal. Hello. Easy going. It can be good for a single person. It can be good for multiple people. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. All good as well. These ones are my favorite. Very easy going kind of openings. And then finally, greetings. Friendly, non-personal, not specific to anyone in particular. Greetings. Easy one. Now, the next thing that I would consider is that you thank your recipient. You want to make sure to thank your recipient, the person receiving it, 
for taking the time to read your email and consider what you've got to say. Especially if you're replying to a client's question. You always want to make sure that you open it up with a line of thanks. I'll give you a quick little example. Like, if a client were to ask, what price can you offer if we double our usual purchase? Well, you can start it out by saying, thank you for contacting us about this question. I'm happy you asked. I'm happy you asked. Or maybe even, thanks for getting in touch with me about this. Thanks for getting in touch with me about this. Your client may now have just changed their mindset from like tough negotiations to being an appreciated customer with just one simple line that you made sure you added. This really helps to move the communication further and reduces the risk of any misunderstandings. Some common lines of thanks could be like, thanks for contacting me, or maybe thanks for contacting this company. Thanks for getting back to me. That's like if somebody's replying to your email. Thanks for your prompt reply. Prompt, we say, if somebody has emailed you back quickly. So now we've got our title, PowerPoint for the meeting. We'll suppose that this is a group email, and so we'll say, good morning, everyone. There we go, mixing and matching a little. Good morning, everyone. Then maybe, thank you for participating in creating this PowerPoint presentation. Our next step is to state your purpose. Make sure that you make your purpose of this email clear right off the bat. Then move into the main text. You want to be concise. You want to be to the point in your writing. And so use as few words as possible. Don't drag it on and on because nobody wants to sit there reading and reading and reading when you could easily just describe it in a couple of words. And also make sure to keep an eye out for any grammar and spelling because these are how you set a professional image for yourself. You can simply start your email by saying something like, I'm writing to inquire about. Oh, it's not bad. I'm writing to inquire about dates that we can brainstorm ideas over a Zoom meeting. I'm writing in regards to the upcoming presentation. I'm writing in regards to. I'm writing to inquire about. I'd like to know about. This email is in regards to. Another way of saying this email is about. And then you go on and you make your points. I'm writing to inquire about dates that we might plan this PowerPoint presentation. I'm available on Tuesday the 15th between 2 and 4 p.m. Can that work for anyone? The next step is just to make some closing remarks. You know, wrap it up. Just wrap it up. It's polite to thank your reader just one more time in these closing remarks. You could say something like, thanks for your patience and understanding, or thanks for everyone's cooperation. Maybe if it's an email about a job, you know, thank you for your consideration. If you have made any demands in your email, you want to make sure to wrap it up by saying something like, please get back to me at your earliest convenience. Earliest convenience. That's a really 
nice way of saying at your soonest availability. You know, as soon as you can. It's a very light-hearted way of saying this. Please get back to me at your earliest convenience. Or, please get this done at your earliest convenience. So here we could wrap it up by saying, thank you for everyone's cooperation and participation. If you could please get back to me with your available dates at your earliest convenience, I would appreciate it. I hear a lot of people say ASAP. In their emails, they'll say, please do this ASAP. ASAP is okay. Everybody knows what it means as soon as possible. You are making a very clear statement. I need this done ASAP. ASAP's not bad, but it sounds like it's urgent. It sounds a little demanding. And that may be a little too strong for your reader. You know, if they read this now... Please get back to me with these dates ASAP. It means right away. Like as soon as you read this email, check your calendar, let me know. At your earliest convenience, however, is to say, when you have some time, do this. Both are good to use, but you want to understand the context of when to use it. And finally, if you're wrapping this up and you're talking with a client, you want to make sure to end it with, If you have any questions or concerns, don't hesitate to let me know. I always look forward to hearing from you. When you say this, you're opening yourself up to any future communications. You're saying, I'm here to help. This is, again, good with your coworkers. You know, you, you, you got a team. You're all working together. You want to keep it lighthearted, right? So maybe even email that to your coworkers. Please do this at your earliest convenience. If you have any questions or concerns, don't hesitate to let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. Boom, right there. You're looking at a promotion if your boss sees that kind of talk. And then the cherry on the cake is your closing. Here are a couple of suggestions from me because after you write all that, you want to write something like best regards. Very professional, best regards. Sincerely, again, professional, like sincerely, this is, my email is from the bottom of my heart. Sincerely, from me. Thank you. Again, thank you is always professional. You can thank someone ten times in the email. People love hearing that, right? Thank you, thank you. Some informal suggestions, if you're just texting your buddies, have a good one. That's what I like to say, right? Have a good one. Have a good one. It's like, have a good day. You know, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your day. Have a good one. Best wishes. Best wishes is another good one. Like, I wish the best for you. Another good one is cheers. Cheers. People say that as well to, to set a friendly tone. All the same. It sets a friendly tone. Cheers. Cheers is more commonly used in British English. Like the British English, they'll typically say cheers over American English. But in emails, cheers has honestly kind of worked its way into American culture. Americans saw it and they said, yeah, we like that the British say that. We're going to say it too. And so a lot of Americans say it too. And you can feel free to do the same. I mean, it looks casual. Cheers. So you say... Cheers, and then you write your name. I would sign any emails. Have a good one, Pat. Something like that. 
Folks, you want to proofread your email. Always proofread your email before you send it. Check for any misspelled names. That is imperative. You don't want to misspell names in your email. Any misspelled words, check for. Because again, this is a professional communication or, you know, you want to make sure that your point is heard. And if people are caught up on trying to understand what words you're saying, well, there's going to be some difficulty. So proofread it, check for misspelled words, check for grammar mistakes, and make sure, once again, that your title suits the context of the email. Professional email, you want a formal title. Friendly email, something chill. Whatever suits the email. Put in a good title, and then you're set. And then you're set to send it off. Use these tips, and you will blow your boss's mind with your email communication skills. Seriously, these steps here make a big difference in how you communicate yourself through emails. Practice this. You can practice writing an email anytime. You know, you can write a fake email in your phone. And when you practice it, you get better at it. And then when you get better at it, you'll be able to do it at work and you won't even have to think. You'll just think, okay, title. And uh, I'll use greetings today. And then you think, thank you for blah, blah, blah. And then I'm writing to inquire about, or I'm writing in regards to, blah, blah, blah. And then you put in your details. And then you say, thank you for your cooperation. Thank you for your consideration. Please get back to me at your earliest convenience. If you have any questions or concerns, do not hesitate to let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. Best regards, Pat. If you write this kind of email, you're going to look good. You're going to look good to other people who are, you know, high up. And when the high ups see that you can communicate yourself professionally before they even meet you, then when they meet you, they're going to say, ah, oh, hey, there you are. You know, we've been talking over email for a while. And you'll think, oh, yeah, this guy's going to help me get a raise, isn't he? Well, I'm also going to help you get a raise. So keep it up. Keep up the good work. Your English is going to keep sounding great. And, uh, well, I'll give you more tips in the days to come. So this just about brings me to wrap things up for today. I apologize for the tardiness. I, uh, I know I have a lot of people who like to listen to episodes right when they come out. Tuesdays and Fridays. Well, this one is out Saturday. Maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday. This one will be out. Sorry for the tardiness. I had a little mishap. I had another episode planned for yesterday. A really good interview. Uh, all about customer service communication. How you can communicate with customer service agents effectively. Great interview with uh, somebody who had some fantastic tips. But, unfortunately, well, I'm going to have to do it again with them because I made a little mistake and kind of deleted it by accident. And I'm going to have to do it again. But that's all right. We're going to pick things up in the days to come. Have a wonderful day. You'll be hearing many more good things from me. Enjoy your bike ride or your walk. Or if you're just chilling, staring at the ceiling, enjoy it. Don't let any eyelashes fall in your eye. Don't do that. You know, it. it I hate that feeling, getting an eyelash in my eye. Ugh. 
So be careful with your eyelashes. Be careful with your English, and be careful with your emails. Have a good one.